Oh, hello there, and welcome to Poet Waffle episode four, where me, Daniel Cockrell, invites a poet round my house for a chat. And during that chat, we explore the visceral space between fact and fiction, uh, which I believe is more of a feeling where poets use their emotions to navigate the world and hopefully uh, reveal some truths that are, um, you know, not covered by those other fields. And it gives me great pleasure uh, to introduce you to poet, spoken word artist, broadcaster, um, member of Banks of the Gun, um, Laurie Bolger. Hello, Dan Cockrell. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm very happy to be in your shed. Yeah, very good. We uh, we know each other very well because you're a member of um, Bangs of the Gun, which is where it's a live show where we smash poetry and entertainment together. Yeah. Um, so we've I don't know how long we've known each other for. Quite a long time, since it was at the Roebuck. And since then we've toured it, haven't we? I remember, I remember you getting in touch because with all the other... Uh, guests I've had on, I always think, oh, when did I, when did I meet them? And I'm never quite sure. But I distinctly remember you sending me an email with your website on that you'd done, saying, oh, can I have a go on, at your night? And I usually flatly refuse people to come on who I haven't seen before or I don't know about. But because you were so cheeky, I was like, oh, go on then, I'll give you a go. Uh, and it turned out that you were really good. But I think that all helped that you had thought about what you were doing and why you wanted to do it and I felt confident <laughs> I that you could do uh, it. Yeah, yeah. I remember sending the message, like I was just like, I'm just gonna put myself out there and I'm just gonna do it and I remember you being like, Yeah, I don't normally do this but I like the way you phrased your message and then I think I lost the golden gun open mic to Dave Martin. Dave Martin. Who was everyone's favourite bang regular at the Roebuck. He used to do all sorts of stuff, didn't he? I know, I wonder if he's still around. He was an uh, an elderly gentleman who would come on dressed in women's clothes and whip a pistol out of his knickers and... Yeah, he dressed up like all in leathers once, pretended he was on a motorbike. Brings, always brought us homemade fudge. Homemade fudge, yeah. And cakes and... And he bought me a whole array of things for Christmas, like a little mirror I've still got. That what I a legend. And he gave me, yeah. he's got loads of poetry books that he's made himself that he'd always give us. Proper legend, but I was always going to lose to him. But I remember getting up and doing the night, and I remember walking into the Roebuck and being like, this is mad. Yeah. I remember just everything was black and white, paint splodged everywhere, and I just remember, and it was so loud. And I remember being like, whoa. This is like this is my vibe. I like it, but yeah, I was yeah. also a bit scared. I was like, yeah, yeah. "Who are these guys? This is crazy. This isn't like a poetry night." Bit intimidating. Yeah, I think it can, but then, it could but be. then also really warm when it started, and that's what I liked. And then I think I just kept coming back, and then ended up hosting it for a long time. When you uh, when I was thinking about the concept of this podcast, and this is episode four uh, with my uh, best friend Jack White, not. Jack White from the White Stripes, <laughs> the original Jack White. Um, she, she, she came up with the idea and said, "Oh, you should do a podcast where you know you just chat with other poets because 
um, I like the way she goes I don't like poetry but I like the way poets think and how they feel about the world one of the you were the sort of the person I had in mind of why this would be a good podcast because you are you know the queen of chat I love a chat when you arrive at gigs so if we were on going on a gig somewhere with Bang even even locally in Soho Theatre but if we go somewhere I'm really happy that you're part of the team because you know everyone's name as soon as you walk in whereas it's sort of on a, a, a sliding scale isn't it so you're the I, you know the bar person's name. Always the person at the get front. the bar person's name. Always. You don't. Wherever do you, you are, you have you, to. You've you got. You've got. To. Oh, you always get it. Yeah. Yeah. So you get everyone's name. You know everyone. Then there's Rob, who's sort of normal in that sense of he knows some people, forgets some people. Then there's me, who probably knows the face, forgets the name. But it's so funny that they can get away with it. And then there's Martin. Then there's Martin Gordon, who doesn't recognise faces or names. <laughs> And, and doesn't so, care yeah. either that he doesn't. He's just like he just comes in and he gets on with it. Oh, Martin! But no, it's I. I absolutely love Bang. I think, especially because a lot of what I'm working on at the moment is a lot of me being at home on my own all day. When yeah. I've got a Bang said the gun in the diary, I'm like, I know this is yeah, going to be yeah. great because the people that come are going to be great, and the people that you're working with are going to be great, and we get really good acts. And I might not see them for ages, and I leave. I'm buzzing for like three days after a good after a good Bang. <laughs> It's, a, it's it's the closest thing, isn't it, to being in a band, if you're a poet, I suppose. Yeah, for because sure. Because you're, as you say, the, you're, the things that you're doing as an individual are probably more of what you are. So, the, you know, Bangs of the Gun isn't, we are not like that as individuals. So if you was to put Rob in a room, he isn't Bangs of the Gun. If you put me in a room, I'm not Bangs of the Gun. But when you put the four of us into a room, that is... Bangs of the gun. For sure. Whereas outside of that, we our individual projects are very different to what we bring to that space. Uh, but yeah, it's the same. It's a bit like, well, it's good to get together and have a bit of a giggle. Yeah, for sure. I remember when we were, when we toured it, like we went to some completely random places. Like every gig was different, but I loved it because just sitting in the car and passing the the iPod round. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like and stopping at the service station. I was like, and then when I had to go gigging again on my own I was like I'm so yeah. lonely like there's yeah, yeah. no one to speak to it's kind of kind of crazy even when we all met there and we were all sort of traveling our different journeys and having a bit of travel drama like, I just always a, loved yeah. it I got I mean I got home to where I live in Archway probably like half two oh, no, yeah, some yeah. nights I was always the last one to be dropped home but I loved it and I missed it a lot when we when yeah, we yeah. went back to just doing sort of monthly gigs in London I was like where's the gang yeah. Where's the gang? I mean, and also, if you'd had a bad gig, if we'd had a bang, yeah, day, exactly. it didn't matter because no. we were all like, it's all right. Whereas if well, you, we'd just if you laugh to, about it. If you end, were to do that yeah. as an individual, yeah. then it could be crushing. Oh, I crush it! That journey home sometimes is 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 crushing. I'm about to start rural touring, and I think it's going to be really interesting because I never thought I'd write a show. It was never really something I like particularly wanted to do. And then the in crowd, who are like a rural touring kind of organisation who are amazing um, were like you'd be perfect for this because you're so friendly and you talk to everyone and you're not scared to go into a random pub in the middle of the countryside and (laughs) just put on some red lipstick and smash it so I was like yeah okay great I'm going to do it and now the reality of actually the fact that I can't drive I'm going to say if anyone wants to drive me get in touch Um, (laughs) and I can't, yeah, I can't drive, and some of these places are so hard to get to. You know, the the bus stop next to the pub will just be called post office, and you're like, okay. And I think it's going to be 
a very scary experience and I've started to realise actually I need to take someone with me sometimes yeah, because yeah. I am going to get really lonely. And if those if those gigs go amazing as well, no, how do you talk to someone about it? Like you're like, and there was this bloke and he was at the bar and he said he hated poetry and then he loved it and then, yeah. like, you know, and I just kind of, I, I feel like this is why people get people to come with them yeah. when they go and talk well, it's stuff daunt- like this. The first thing, it's daunting because you're going to have to do this and you're, you're, your expectations yeah. are, I want it to be good. And then, as you say, when you come off stage, it's lonely, isn't it? And I suppose every individual performer goes through that. So yeah. even if they had a good gig, the train journey home or whatever, or the night in the hotel or whatever it is, is also like, ah, oh, I wish I had someone there to experience it with. But the other thing, if it goes badly, which it does for everybody, then you've got that night in a hotel by yourself and you just want to get home. Yeah, definitely. And... Uh, and yeah, or the train journey home and going, I don't want to do this ever again, and knowing you've got to do it the next night. Yeah, that's, uh, it, yeah, that's a hard thing. It is, definitely. It's really hard. But also, there must be a reason why we do it. Because we can't do anything else. <laughs> yeah. I'm, use- I'm pretty useless at life, so this there wasn't really any other option on the table. I think if there was, I would have done it. I'd spent... Um, I've done a lot of jobs, but I remember spending two weeks in an office. No way. No, uh, not the place. I span around on the chair and I broke it. (laughs) And uh, I remember after two weeks being, (laughs) thinking, what am I doing here? Saying to my sort of line manager, saying, I'm just going for lunch. And I didn't come back. I just walked out. Well, I've worked in restaurants in, in the... Is it called? Is it? Would it be the service industry, hospitality? Yeah. Hospitality. Anybody industry, that yeah. works in hospitality, like fair play to you, or anyone that has, it is the hardest, hardest, hardest thing ever. Yeah. That's why I'm so good at people and knowing people's names probably and putting up with rubbish and just managing to get through it. The amount of times I used to walk out the front of the restaurant in my apron and then literally walk round the back of the building, back in the kitchen, and start again. I just oh, wow. it was it was the most high pressure waitressing job ever it was and yeah, the, yeah. the you know the restaurants I did a couple of like opening new ones and it was a shambles some of them and it was yeah it was a really really high pressure environment and then I worked in a shop for a long time and I really missed the shop because I'm I wrote my book behind the till basically not the soap shop the soap shop bubble oh, bath wow. luxury bubble bath I know I used to look forward to Christmas because you used to yeah. get us oh. uh... It's <laughs> a really posh bath and shower gel. And then when you didn't work there anymore, don't get any nice bubble bath. No. Well, no, exactly. And and weirdly, I'm going into that shop uh, for Mother's Day in like a few weeks <laughs> and I'm writing poems for people that buy stuff and writing them on the labels. Oh, are you? My really, really good friend got me in on that who is um, basically just bossing it still part-time, had a baby. She's like absolutely incredible person. Very, very supportive and always got what I did despite having a completely different life to mine. Yeah. And we just had such a laugh in there. And my manager was amazing as well. She was a bit of an adventurer, so she was kind of just always like, get out of your comfort zone and anything a bit weird I'd get like on my email, I'd be checking my email in the cupboard. She'd be like, you've got to do it. And it would yeah. just be, you know, it'd be like a really lovely, like I'd, I'd sometimes never, you know, some some days not want to go in at all, but then once I was in there, I had such a supportive group of people to bounce things off of and stuff like this. And you'd come in there, go, "How was the gig?" And now I haven't got that. I really miss it. I really really miss having well, yeah. just you know. I mean, I... we had just had to kill six hours standing in a bubble bath shop, and it was so quiet sometimes. Oh man! So we just 
chat, complete rubbish, and I loved it. <clears throat> I remember I used to, when I was younger, sort of from, I think I was probably 19, I was delivering pizzas and working in a pizza parlour making pizzas. And I remember the guys there were saying, oh, I, they go, I hate this job. But they didn't really. They kind of liked it. Yeah, but and the complaining's I, and, the best bit. <laughs> and I was just like, no, I really, ha like, I would rather be dead. And they didn't really understand. I thought I was like, I don't want to be here at all. And but I, there was no way out. I was kind of trapped, you know, in mm. that space until I could get to university to get. That was my way out. Really, I was like, okay, if I can get out of town, yeah, I'm at least I'm out of my circumstance. Yeah. even if even though I'm still you know, economically bound by what I am and being working class. As long as I'm outside and I'm meeting other people, then you can yeah. you can get out of... But that was probably the biggest step. It's like, how do I even get out of town? You know, I've got no no money for rent or, or anything, but you, as soon as you have to leave and go somewhere, you have to make it work. Well, I remember the shop actually shut and I remember we all sort of went our separate ways and, and did different things and I, I was just kind of like oh my goodness, this is it, I'm going to take the plunge, I'm going to take this tiny little packet of redundancy yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. going to make it work and if it doesn't work in a couple of months, then I'm going to probably go back to putting an apron on or, or yeah, yeah. selling bubble bath and then I was like, actually, like, let's do it and I had a go and I don't I don't know if I would have done it necessarily unless I'd been slightly pushed. And I how, would have eventually, yeah, yeah. but, you know, so that was almost the best you? thing that could How long ago was that, though? How long ago was it? How many years? Oh, I want to say, like... What are we now? 2019? Four, three? No, more three than that. Three years ago? No, four more than that. Do you I think? Should, I think it's more. I am like incredibly old. It was like six or now. seven, isn't it? No way. It can't be. Yeah, I think no, so. No, because was I still in the shop when my book came out? Because that was 2016. I was in a really dire spot in life, you know, loads of debt, and it was 2002, 2003, 2002, 2003, and uh, my now wife said to me, uh, she said, why don't you leave? And I said, I can't leave, you know, I'm trapped, you know, I'm, yeah. I was trapped in a sort of poverty trap, uh, but she said, look, it can't get any worse. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And so because it couldn't have got any worse, it didn't matter what I did. So it was, I was at rock bottom it, and I, it wouldn't have mattered if I'd have done anything. It w yeah. couldn't have been any worse than what it was. So that w it was, I was pushed in a way. It was like, well, you I'm need, walking. That's when you need other people as well, isn't it? To give yeah. you that little push and to, for you to be like, I'm breaking it. And then be like, but it's going to be fine because it can't be yeah. much worse. And as soon as I come to, <laughs> as soon as I come to London, good. people needed what I did. Whereas when I was outside, I know I didn't know there was a poetry sort of world community yeah, out there. And as soon sure. as I came to London, and I did, I remember doing a gig somewhere on a bridge. I think it was. I can't remember where it was. Maybe it was called the Laughing Onion. Probably and, something like that. And uh, a teacher saw me, and she said, oh, "Do you want to come and do uh, yeah. two weeks in the school?" And I said, "Not really." I, and I said, "I'll do one day," and I did one day, and then I. Pretty much worked ten years in edu wow. education without stopping yeah. until I wanted to stop. Yeah, I but threw then you the have towel, to because you because you, know. you yeah you can have a burnout. But that wow, amazing. Yeah, I think London's the place for that, isn't it? And everybody will be like, I know this poet, and, yeah, yeah. and there's not that many of us really. So I think, yeah, I think 
I'm, I've, I've got to say, Touchwood, I've never been out of work since leaving the shop. I've yeah, been yeah. in massive demand. I think it's probably learning to say yes to the right things that's the, that's the big lesson, And being good really. at what you do. You have to be good. But also, I think people... Back. Well, yeah, exactly. But I think the good poets are the ones that are the good poets. The successful poets that make a living and are very have got a very good reputation are the people that can also do like the admin and the managing people and yeah. being good at what they do and then there's some who are amazing at what they do but they can't deal with that side and yeah, in yeah, which case yeah, yeah. you've got to get a really hot agent to sort you sort you out and organize you but i think you've got to have a lot of different like the ability to wear like a lot of different hats i yeah, think yeah. and and to go from well, one job to the other as well i don't think people realize like that Hosting is a completely different head to you know yeah, writing to a writing a poem yeah, yeah. or teaching someone to write a poem. And I think it's funny because when I go into school, sometimes they go, "You'll just do us a poem," and you're like, "Whoa, okay." Yeah, I was yeah. the workshop leader five seconds ago, and then you feel like almost a bit like you're like, "Oh, you have to sort of move, move, move yeah, things around a little bit and be like, okay, now I'm on performance performance mode." Even though you're kind of performing when you're doing a workshop, but then you're like, "Right, okay, why did I write this poem? Okay, right now I'm going to go into yeah, yeah." Like I think the stress style, and then the next minute you're, you know, the stress of that lifestyle though is, I think, quite high, and people don't yeah. realise it is because you're you're almost having a job interview every day or every week, whereas people go for just one interview every yeah. six months or a year. Yes, yeah, we're a bit new, like new oh, place every I, time. I, you know, every time you're doing, you're you're you've got to be on your game. You can't just rock up and kick back. No, totally. Uh, or maybe they do. You know, I've been out of poetry and education and uh, things like that for a while so I don't know but when I was doing it it was the, everyone was really good and you're like okay I've got to be as good as them if not better and uh, yeah. you know we I got pretty taught by the best you know Jacob Samler Rose and Nick McCoa and Charlie yeah. Dark and all those yeah. guys and Malika Booker you know when you uh, Roger Robinson when yeah. you see those guys work you're like okay I get this. I need to, totally. you know, I need to take bring what I do, but also, yeah, exactly. I just find I get I get so buzzing when I'm in there, and sometimes I'm sitting on the train. I'm like, right, you've got a gig tonight as well, and then you've got to get home and finish a poem. So just don't don't burn yourself out during the school day. Save some energy. For, yeah. And I get in there and I'm like, I can't do it half. Yeah, yeah, you've got on half power. I can only do it full on. So what I've realised is. I've had to start asking a little bit more for for what I need, or going. Yeah, do you yeah. know what? Actually, this day is isn't good for me because what's either side of it is is just going to be carnage. So yeah, yeah. and and normally people understand, but I think yeah, asking asking for a little bit of help sometimes with it is good because I don't. Also, teachers um, are amazing. By the way, I live with two teachers and they're just like I I couldn't do it every day, but I think that sometimes it's funny when they come up with like a really wacky idea and they'll be like so we've had a thought on lunch um, and it's like I don't mind working through my lunch break because you know at the end of the day I've always done that and actually even sitting in the staff room and people going oh you're the poet you know you're still on aren't yeah, you yeah, you, yeah. you know you unless you leave the school grounds or whatever and sit on a bench and listen to your headphones but I don't really do that 
and um, they'll be like, what about lunchtime? Like, you can go in the canteen. And like, we're thinking sort of like a guerrilla poetry thing. You could just stand on a on one of the lunch tables. And I'm like, oh, my God, you've watched too many films. Like, yeah. not being funny, but the kids don't want that on their lunch break. Like, no one wants that. Imagine you, you'd be like, oh, do me a favour, get down. Kids like, don't even want lunch. They just want to get outside, no, don't they? Yeah. and run around. And then there'll always be a teacher who's written a novel and they're just quickly yeah. at the end of the day be like, do, do you mind reading this? And and I just can't say no, but I, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, 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 yeah, it's full on. And I always leave high as a kite, but also knackered. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I've done done a lot of lot of that recently. I yeah, think. that was a lightning bolt moment for me when I'd done my first <clears throat> workshop and it worked. <clears throat> and I yeah. thought, okay, I can do this. I know what I'm doing. And, and it just progressed from there and it got yeah, yeah. better and better. But there was a point, there was a peak when I couldn't get it any better. And I was probably, and that's when I it's things started to suffer. But I think when me. I do less of those sort of bookings, I actually enjoy them more when I do go in. And they make the sitting at home writing, like, easier. Yeah. Because you're, you know, because you're like, you've <clears throat> got to balance the two, but I don't know. But it's, yeah, it's definitely a full-on job, this poeting. Well, we, uh, <laughs> we've been talking for two-thirds already of the oh of God. the podcast probably I could just probably. sit here for ages though I know we could just carry on but um, it is time it's that time for the uh, poet waffle big question the big question are you going to get a jingle no there's a jingle there is yeah the big question so, yeah. so uh, I think uh, Julian's going to have to edit all this bit yeah, out now yeah cool okay oh sorry <laughs> oh you'll leave it in <laughs> So uh, your uh, poet waffle big question. It, it, I, I give all the poets a list of questions, and you just choose your own. But you chose. Um, what is the best thing that has ever happened to you? And I guessed you were going to choose this one. Yeah, you did. Because you said it suits my personality. I think Why? So, yeah. I don't Why? know. I just thought you'd probably go for that, and you did. Yeah. I so did. it's what is the best thing that has ever happened to you? So I've been having to think about it, and there's a few things like. One would be, well, when I was in the parade at Disneyland Paris, I was a boat, a yellow boat. What do you mean you was a boat in Disneyland Paris? I got in the parade, the Toy Story What, you were on holiday? Yeah, got in the parade. No, but I've had like, you know, big, oh, big can't life just moments can't just like that. You don't, no, I didn't, I've been to Disneyland when I was... 16 or something, in, yeah. in Florida. I don't know how it happened, but... I, I, didn't, get, but, I didn't dress but, up as Mickey Mouse. But I remember my dad blagged it, as he does. Yeah, yeah. Got me and my cousin in the parade. My sister was too small, I think, at the time. And uh, my cousin Tony was a fire engine, and I was a little yellow boat. Right. I remember it. But that's probably not the best thing that has ever happened to me. But stuff like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. you know, when we were kids, like, I remember... That's, when... it, that's in the top 100, is it? Yeah, oh, definitely. Okay. Like I met John Bon Jovi. That was a okay. that was at the time when I was like you're a, a bit teenager. Of a, you're a bit of a rock. Chick. I love a bit of classic rock. Yeah, we, I've and got, acoustic um, folk. We, this is one of Gina's biggest regrets. Is <clears throat> we, my best friend uh, when I was at primary school was Gibraltarian, and so when I'd grown up, we went. Oh, he he'd become a policeman in yeah. Gibraltar, and uh, he flew us over. Well, we flew over, <clears throat> and it was their national day. And they're re- very patriotic in Gibraltar. They all dress in red and white. And I, and you know, I hate flag waving and of, of any kind. So, but he made me wear this red and white. But they'd <laughs> flown in Elton John for that. Oh my goodness! For a million pounds, and <gasps> uh, and so we what we so all the 
all the town or the rock went to see yeah. in the national stadium, which is like you know the football pitch. But the uh, we saw Elton John there. But the next morning when we were flying home in this very small uh, area, there was Slash came in <gasps> and cool. Uh, Cool, so cool. all the all the you know pilots were having their photographs taken, well cool. and Gina, well, and I I regret this as well because I knew she was a massive Guns, Guns and Roses, Roses fan and a, and loved Slash, and yeah. she, and I was I think we had the thing oh do, do you want to go and get your picture? And she's like no no I should have forced her because she has regretted that moment ever since that she didn't go and get her picture with because there was only about ten people there we could have walked up to him I and know, said no but you just feel like a bit of a muppet yeah. don't you I just yeah. I think yeah. When I when I met John Bon Jovi, my dad said, um, "Don't don't." I don't know if I really wanted to say what he said, but he was basically like, "Go over and speak to him, yeah, and don't yeah, blow yeah. this." And yeah, I was like, yeah. "Okay, cool." <laughs> so I remember he signed my jacket, like my favorite jacket, and I've still got it. But like things like that, and things from your childhood, you know, that stuff changes, doesn't it? What's yeah. what's the best thing? I was thinking today, like I was just like cooking up some like stir fry, basically, and I was thinking. This is probably a really good thing that's happened to me is learning to cook. And if I hadn't have worked in those restaurants for so many years, I wouldn't have learned about food. And actually, maybe I'm getting old. But my favourite thing to do is cook myself something nice to eat and eat it, you know? It's and ha- learning to cook's massive. It's I love it. It's hard to cook for one, though, isn't it? it, it oh, my God, You're tell always, me about it. Always do too much. I totally agree. When, and the thing is, as well, when I when I was in a relationship for a long time, that's one of the things I really missed when we broke up was having someone to cook for. And, and yeah, I obviously do make enough for, like, a small family. But um, but at the same time, I don't know, I love cooking for me now, which maybe means I love me more. I don't know. <laughs> Stuff like that. But my actual answer, I had two. Oh, you got a big I answer. I had two. Yeah. One was, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you? Learning to say no, but we've sort of yeah. covered that already. Have we? Well, I guess maybe a little bit. But learning to say no. Because when I was going into some of these bookings before... Um, before I had a burnout, basically a right. really bad burnout, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was like I wouldn't even accept that I was so ill that I yeah, probably yeah, shouldn't yeah. be doing anything, yeah. and I would just be like, "I'll be fine for next week. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. fine." And I'd be yeah. saying yes to every gig going, and then after that, I started to, and it's really hard. I'm still learning to do it now, but I think just being able to be like, "No, actually, like I don't want to wear a placard and walk around." Yeah. The, you know, the middle of Trafalgar Square shouting poetry for a megaphone. I actually don't want to do that. I don't yeah, think it's yeah, good for yeah. my health. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but before I'd be like, yeah, cool, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, some of the stuff that I did, but I'm I'm glad I did it because it's taught me a lot. But I mean, I did some really scary stuff. Some things you have to do, though. I know. Some I, know. I, I, I missed Top of the Table Clash, but I'm a Leighton Orient yeah. season ticket holder. I missed on Saturday. Well, yeah. I don't know where we are, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, missed yeah. on Saturday the the clash between Leighton Orient and Wrexham. Wrexham yeah. were top, we were second, uh, because I I had to go and earn some money. Oh yeah, well know. definitely. So this is another thing, isn't it? It's getting that balance. Yeah. But and also, you know, some things the money will be amazing, but you've got, and then you're like, but do yeah, I want to yeah, do? Yeah. So yeah, I don't know really. I think learning to say no has been a massive one for me. I'm definitely still learning to do that, but. Just making a little change, I think, has helped me a lot. And yeah. I think I'm taking myself more seriously, actually, by not just saying yes to yeah, everyone. Yeah, exactly, and I think yeah. I've started to realise that the reason that I was saying yes to everyone and I wanted to please people so much and, and like, as a performer I think that's 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 part of like, you know, your makeup. But I think maybe I made it look quite easy 
Yeah. So they were obviously like, Laurie will do an extra whatever. Yeah, Laurie yeah. will do that. Yeah, Here, yeah. Laurie, like, have this last minute thing while you're hosted. Tell me that, yeah, do you know? Yeah, no, and it would be, and it would be like, actually, like, I'm, I'm finding this really hard. I mean, I hosted St. Paul's Cathedral, right? Yeah. For a big poetry gig. I yeah, just yeah. got over shingles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, I was like a dead woman walking, but I made it look so easy. If you watch the film back, I look like an absolute rock yeah. star. Yeah. And it's so funny. And now I just want to, sit in the bath <laughs> yeah no I, I think it's draining I had uh, I, especially when I was doing all the when Bang was pushing when we were doing the stuff for TV I was I was working in schools in the day which yeah. I, I was absolutely shot to bits knackered and I, I didn't have anything in me and I, I have if, when people say to me oh do you want to come and work in the school now I don't think physically I could do it because the core of me is is being yeah. shut down for that I I'm not strong enough, I don't think, to go right. I, I could probably run that workshop and it'd be really good. But I do not want to go back into that uh, environment unless I really need to. And I, I think it was to, taken you know. away from my writing, doing too much of that as well. Yeah, and yeah. you know, this week I got asked to do a commission for International Women's Day. And it felt like amazing to be up there with poets, having somebody else host me and being like, no, actually... I've been asked to write this thing and the writing was really strong and it was yeah, yeah. about something that I'd never written before. It's very scary to read, but I loved it. And I, I felt so fulfilled afterwards, yeah. you know? And and that I found that a lot tougher than, than than it would be to host a gig. I can do that with my eyes closed, but it's 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 tiring, isn't it? You do it as well, like holding all them people and making sure everyone's okay. Yeah. But just getting up and being like, and, and someone going, you have to write. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can still write, amazing. Yeah. So more of that. And I think I want to do some residencies and, and things, you know, like serious writer stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. But also well, start to play with words again. And I'm working towards a new book and, and I've written a lot of new stuff for the show. And I just, yeah, I enjoy, I really enjoy that. That's when I feel most alive. Yeah. The serious thing is, is important because... If you do something that's funny, for example, you've got a lot of comedy in your yeah, show, nice. and people might not think you're taking it seriously, but you're taking it very seriously, just because it isn't just serious yeah, poetry. Yeah. There's a serious point yeah. to it, and you're working really hard. So uh, the same with Bang. People don't realise the commitment and the stuff that goes into that to make it work. We take it very seriously, because if we didn't, it would just be useless, you know. I know, and I think it's made to look easy, and there's a lot going on under the surface, but uh, it's definitely one of the best funnest things and I if do. we were going to do it now we wouldn't be able to do it because we're not those same people when we've come together i don't think I, I would set it up now and it'd be successful it just the timing was right when it's we all evolved got hasn't it yeah, it's yeah. evolved like we all have oh but we we've we're pretty much done here so we're, we're speaking believe, so you've got to tell us what you're doing so you're doing you're doing your talk your your tour talking to strangers Yep, so that's the show that's going Royal Tour in. I'm thinking I might do another London date because there's still quite a lot of people that want to see it, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's basically a show about strangers and pubs and kindness, I yeah. think. And it's been a lush thing for me to perform because it's a little bit less... I, I mean, I start the show with like pure stand-up for like at least sort of 10 minutes or so. But, you know, and there's like a sort of games in it and whatever and these stories. And it's, it's really fun, but like it's a... It's the kind of show that feels like you're sitting at the bar just doing it yeah. to one person. And find the dates on your website? Yeah, I think so. And if you live in a rural area, I'll be putting yeah. stuff up 
on Facebook and just share it with your mates, I suppose. A lot of people in Milton Keynes listen to this. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. Waffle, so. There's like quite a big follower over there. Don't yeah, know, big in Milton Keynes <laughs> for some reason. Um, well, I'm going to be what big, else big in you're writing, Norwich, a, you're writing a new book for next year. Yeah, you, that's with Burning coming out, Eye. With Burning Eye. Uh, what else are you doing apart from your educational work? Um, I've just paired up with um, a really amazing artist called Jenny Samuel Bryan who has been illustrating uh, my poetry, basically, and she's done some amazing artwork. Um, so we're making a pamphlet at the moment to probably sell over the festival season, I suppose, um, and it's called Elephants, and I just feel like it's one of the most loveliest things I've ever made. <laughs> I feel very proud of that. Look forward to and that. And I've been gluing my hands together and gluing buttons to my clothes and i've got a glue gun now i've opened like an online craft shop oh yeah so. you do a lot of cards <laughs> for all those special occasions valentine's day birthdays like a little pun cut yeah, yeah i mean i just i think it was just i think it was just i had to i'm trying to make something every day martin yeah, yeah. golton actually was yeah, the one yeah. that make things just make things that's yeah, what yeah. life's all about and since I've been doing that, so even if it's soup or like some days it'll yeah, just yeah. be a phone call, which is a right cop out. But I'm trying to just be crafty and make and little prolific. things. And just, that's probably just where... Just to keep me moving, really. That's so, probably where the four of us at Bang, that's how we all probably fit together. Is that we are, we do we do stuff, make stuff. And, and try, we, yeah. you've just got to try. I think that's yeah. the that's the thing. Try I hard. Found, so, uh, yeah. Thanks, Louie. Um, thank you for chatting oh my goodness I don't even feel like it was a podcast I just feel like it's just me and you having a tea yeah and we yeah we'll come we'll probably get you back in in, you know some other time Uh, see everyone again next time Poet Waffle was written and presented by Daniel Cockrell original concept by Jack White music and audio production by Julian Ward artwork by Damien Wayhill and technical support from Laurie Eaves (laughs) 